Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, we get to talk about everything in between, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give a five-star review. You're supposed to review us on Apple. You're supposed to like and subscribe on YouTube. Everybody knows, so why aren't you people doing it? But I appreciate you anyway for listening. More importantly today, my incredible guest, I have Kunal Gandhi. He's the founder and CEO of EZPT. Kunal, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you for having me. Pleasure is all mine, man. I'm excited to get to talk a little bit about, I mean, PT, right? The easy part of it. I think that's the part people want to know more about, the easy part. <laughs> so you talked about personal fitness, training, everything you got going on. You're, you've done a lot of research, probably more research than most people have. I always think that's important. But, you know, the most important question I have, and the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much, man? Oh, I love sports for reasons like uh, you know i could list on for days but the the biggest thing that really draws me to sports is mindset and performance so, you know when you when you think about what it takes to be an athlete and the idea of consistently practicing something over time and then consistently performing at a high level that's what really draws me to the world of sports i think you know I, I've, I've grown up watching lebron james i know there's a lot of michael jordan fans in the audience but i've grown up watching lebron james grow as not only an athlete but as a person and um, he's one of those athletes that I've always looked up to as a kid. He, I mean, I've, I've loved LeBron. I'm more of a LeBron fan than a basketball fan. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what it is for me. And, I mean, like talking about performing at the highest level, dude is now also just, I guess, confirmed. I don't know how you confirm that, but confirmed a billionaire at this point. So, obviously, he's working at the highest level in more places than one, which I think is pretty important. And he is, he's always been uh, – Sometimes he's a little tug and cheek, tug and cheek, right? Sometimes it's like, all right, LeBron, we get it. But most of the time, I think he is—he's uh, an incredible human being, incredible person. More importantly, the best basketball player on planet Earth. So, I'm right there with you, man. Michael Jordan was great, but I was like six. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, but uh, you know, fundamentally, it's the mindset growth of of athletes over the years, and 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 just like even for me, like I'm I'm an avid golfer now, and just going in there, really, really just honing in on one moment in time and that translates to aspects of business and um performing at a high level when i'm when i'm working and so that's that's why i love sports and i always i've played everything from squash to fencing to basketball to soccer so i've grown up played so many different sports and um i love sports man i love it (laughs) you're wearing so you're wearing a princeton hat where um what's the connection Grew, grew up hometown um Small, small town, uh, Plainsboro, New Jersey, right in, right in the, in the suburbs of Princeton. Um, and I just coincidentally wearing the hat today. I haven't worn this hat in a long time, and I just felt like uh, a little piece of home today. Well, maybe, maybe if you knew that I was probably less than 20 minutes from the Princeton College, that might uh, uh, the world the world works in weird ways, man. I literally, where I'm sitting right now, it takes me less than 20 minutes to get to Princeton. So. You're a Jersey guy, huh? Yep. Yep, born and raised, been here. Went to Rutgers. I wasn't quite good enough to go to Princeton, but eh, I'm fine with it. I had a good time at Rutgers. So. Oh, that's great. I love to see it. I'm I'm over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania today. Um, go Panthers! And yeah. and uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett, man, Kenny Pickett, legend. So I'm curious, right? We talked about mindset and your mindset, like why you love so so you love sports so much because a lot of it has to do with the mindset, right? Like you, there's a lot of people that have talent, but there's also a lot of people that can't hone it. There's a lot of people that are really good, and there's a lot of people that really can't put it together mentally. You see it all the time, right? It happens constantly. College sports, I'd say more than anything, you have these high, high, high-level recruits that come in, and they just you tell they just can't handle the pressure. 
what is it how 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 did you develop that mindset you personally how did you develop your mindset around working and performing at the highest level i, I think you know mindset comes from a collective of all of your life experiences so for me when i look at my childhood i grew up in a house where my grandfather 6'4 250 pounds um was in a wheelchair his right side of his body was paralyzed my grandma was 5'3 she'd carry him and take him to the bathroom every day and it was nuts the mindset of my grandfather to persevere was one thing but the mindset of my grandmother to take care of another person and put other people before herself has played a huge role in the way that I look at myself performing, whether it's in athlete, athletics or, or in, in business. It's team first, people around me first. That's a huge, huge aspect of who I am today. And then as I continue to grow up, um, 14 years old, we finally put him in a nursing home. My mom has a stroke on the opposite side of the tree. You know, she was young, healthy, active, you know, you name it. And so just seeing both sides of the tree deal with that the first thing that I could think of is I need to start take care of my, taking care of my health. I need to start improving my, my, my habits and my lifestyle choices day in and day out. I was already an athlete, but I wanted to take that to you know, an optimization sort of standpoint. And so I, I kind of just spent all of my time focusing on how, what can I do, what minor changes can I do um, in, in my day-to-day life to extend the time that I'm here on this planet. At 14, what like what are some of those? Like at what what 14-year-old? Like right? Like I was still drinking Sprite. Like <laughs> what are you doing at 14? I mean, I'm sure the older you got, it became a lot easier. But how did you start implementing those things? My yeah, my my obsession was was in weightlifting. So like though I played a lot of different sports, the big thing that I was always into was was um, was lifting and then and then and then getting the most time that I getting the the most out of the time that I spent in the gym. So I'd always see all this variability in workouts. You go online, you type in workouts, you see thousands of different routines. Who's right? No one really knows. And so I became obsessed with this idea of form. If I turn my wrist three degrees to the right, you know, maybe I'm getting a slightly better contraction, which leads to maybe a slightly more, uh, a more amount of muscle growth and yada, yada, yada. And so I was obsessed with bodybuilding and it sort of, it sort of evolved into this unhealthy pattern where I was working out four hours a day, nonstop, doing all of my heaviest lifts to, to my three rep max. And, I, and, and then it evolved into working out three to four times a day, uh, two hours a day. So I became like essentially obsessed with performance and exercise. And I would never recommend anybody to do that, but it's just something that I, I started to go through. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of pause there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, with that, thank you for pausing. Sometimes people just I, – I like asking questions. That's the whole yeah. point of We're trying to have a conversation. So with that, I mean, like, how do you – again, go into mindset. It's – I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's very easy to get into that. I'm going to do the most. I'm going to always be the best. And there's literally – I'm going to work so much harder than everyone else knowing that I'm going to win. How do you kind of come to terms and say, like, wait a second, like, this is actually probably not healthy for me just to constantly be working out four hours, two hours, whatever you said a day. Yeah. The most possible way. Like, yeah, now you can look back and say that's probably not the best, but how, do you, how again, do you take your mindset and move yourself out of going from, hey, I'm going to be the best to, I could be the best, but, like, understand that there's other things to do as well. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. And so I think what happened to me was I learned the hard way. I, um, two weeks before going to college, I blew a disc in my back. And then, and, 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 you know, I couldn't get up off the ground in a gym in New Jersey. I had a friend carry me up and the whole nine yards. But the, the, the one thing that I realized is even after the injury, I continue to work out more. I would do, I would do, um, I would do an hour Pilates in the morning. I do an hour yoga class 
Um, this is at the Lifetime in Princeton, New Jersey. If, if for those of you who nice. who are Jersey uh, my listeners, my wife goes to the Lifetime in Bridgewater. She's actually there right now as well. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, so I do Pilates, yoga. I do a two-hour lift. I would eat breakfast, and this, this would start at four a.m. I would I would I would work out again, um, do more functional lower body training in the afternoon, um, eat lunch. Did you have a job? What were you doing? Were you going to school? What are you doing now? This was this was my first summer break between college um, and. and okay. Uh, it was my first, I think it was my freshman year. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so, and so, so I would lift three times a day. I do a yoga class at night, swim a mile, and then, and then do more recovery. It, it made no sense. The fact, the fact of the matter is it made no sense. But, but realizing I damaged my body further with my shoulder and hip and other things, it kind of made me take a step back and realize, like, hey, like, there are certain things I should probably stay away from. And, and exercising 20 hours a day, it's pretty unrealistic. As you said, you want to get to the optimal level, and I'm sure that there is an optimal amount of time, right? Now, at least this time, you weren't just max repping, right? You're doing yoga, you're doing Pilates, you're swimming. So, you're doing <laughs> other things. You're not just like hooking up unnecessarily. But no, exactly. I think it's uh, it's 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 good for you to come to those realizations, right? It's it's easy for someone to say, "No, that's stupid. What are you doing?" But it's so much better for you to come to those realizations because there's so many things along the way. There's a lot of steps along the way that you needed to hit. You had to hit all those checkpoints to finally get there and be like. All right, you know this is probably not the best thing in the world. So, what are so? I, I mean, I noticed like obviously you're very into personal training. Um, you've done a lot of research around. I'm gonna quote air quote around that type of uh, you know master personal training. If I'm not mistaken. So like where, obviously you're very interested in fitness. But where did then? Did you just take this through college and say, hey, this is. This is me, like, okay, if I can't work out eight hours a day, at least I'm going to learn about it for four hours and then work out the other four. Yeah, so, so my sophomore year, or junior year of college, I mean, sorry, sophomore year, junior year of high school, um, after my mom's illness, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm learning so much about health and wellness, let me start sharing it with other people. And then the demand increased, so I started charging people 60 bucks for an iPhone note of nice. every workout they do. And that, and that was sort of the beginning of the business that I'm running today. Um, you know, it started. It started there. I get to college after the injury, and I start training people at the University of Pittsburgh. I'm still working out through this injury and trying to keep pushing through it, I guess. But um, became the head trainer of of my university, and in parallel to that, I thought I would go to medical school to just keep learning about the body. I mean, that was my that was what made me tick. And so I started with researching um, with monkeys, tracking eye movement. I started. I, I then moved to stem cell research, um, looking to help treat patients that were going blind with glaucoma. Uh, we were looking at different stem cell modalities. And then I went into rehabilitation of stroke patients, so we'd help them with motion analysis and those kinds of things. And then computer vision. And in those last two labs, I was there for a short period of time, but I was I'd already had the idea for EasyPT, uh, formerly called Simple at the time. We'd already started the company. I was already doing these pitch competitions, so just naturally, it kind of evolved into. Uh, what I do today, and you know what we've been able to to offer to people. Yeah. Let's let's roll right into it then. I Heck mean, yeah! What, what exactly is EasyPT? What was the you know, the former name of it? What are you doing, and why you guys? Wow, how are you helping them, man? EasyPT is a movement health platform. We help anyone from a stroke patient to an Olympic athlete move better. And the way we're doing this is we have a, a an application on your phone. You set it up like you're making a TikTok video, and it'll track uh, 20 joints on your hand, 20 on your body, 15 on your face. And when you do these exercises the phone will actually talk to you. It'll say, keep your back straight, keep your neck straight, give you real-time feedback. And all of that data gets stored. And so we have networks of orthopedic surgeons, physical therapists, and trainers all working together to actually help you with your body. Because, you know, a trainer might 
for example, tell you to push harder. If I, if I was your trainer, I'd probably tell you to push harder through an injury, right? But, but back when I knew nothing. Um, but realistically, what I needed was a physical therapist and maybe an orthopedic surgeon to oversee that treatment. And so um, today, we're you know we started as a wellness product, and now you know we're bridging into this healthcare world and starting to help people from sports to you know patients. <laughs> That's such a cool concept, too, as you said, and I like the way you, you kind of saw it. You set it up like it's doing a TikTok video. Everybody can do one of those. Personally, have I ever done one? No, I take clips from the show, and I put it up on the TikTok. That's <laughs> I understand what you're saying. We've all seen those people do it, right? So I guess how – where did the concept of this come from? Like, why, why was this – it seems like it's – I mean, you say it, right? It's one of those, like, duh. Like, we have these phones. <laughs> we have these cameras literally everywhere. Why don't we utilize them? But where does the idea for – hey, let's track every single piece of movement to make sure that you're actually doing things correctly and shit, oh, you're doing this wrong and we've seen this and too many people to know something's wrong here. Like, where does that idea even come from? Yeah, it's a great question. So I remember seeing this app, um, and I don't remember the name, but it was basically an app that tracked the bar. Um, so I remember I was training someone at Pitt. You'd see the line get drawn on the side of the bar of the path of the bar. The bar could be going up and down, but your, your, your spine could look like a C-curve. It could be rounded. And so... If you're rounding your spine um, and you blow a disc, you know you're not going to know that from tracking the bar. And so we thought, let's track, let's track the human body. And we realized that there's more applications than just squatting as heavy as you can. You could actually help someone with Parkinson's or ALS or you know all these different aspects of of movement. Um, and so, so when did you start to implement? Like everybody's got a million dollar idea. I talk to entrepreneurs all the time, and everyone's got a million dollar idea. Right? Yeah. How do you actually put that into motion where, where do you even start with hey i want to track the body in like a million different ways like okay cool me too but like how do you do that yeah the universities around here you know university of pittsburgh carnegie mellon a lot of great schools around here so i had a cousin at, at cmu across the across the street I, I run and go tell him he's a computer science guy or electrical engineering guy i go hey you know this is this is what i'm interested in what do i do and he goes i'm not going to work on this with you you got to go figure it out and and so I'm, I'm 18 at the time 19 and I start knocking on all these research professors' doors saying, hey, will you help me build this company? And they're like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I go to this pitch competition. Do you have a list of all these people? Do you have, like, a list for, like, just kind of what you do once you're, like, you know, not finished, but once you're, you know, you're, hey, we're, we are getting seated. Like, you guys, you kind of missed out. I, you know you know what? I, 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 I'm glad that things worked out the way they did. The right people, the right people are on our team, and we're constantly recruiting the right people. And um, you're I, highly competitive. I'm sure. Okay, you don't have to admit it, but you're <laughs> highly competitive. You, in the you know 13, 15 minutes we've been here, I'm pretty confident I know the answer to that question. You could keep. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so, anyway, so, fa fast forwarding to when things get kind of juicy, we we start entering these startup competitions. I meet my co-founder a year in, uh, Jay, who's just been an incredible engineer, um, had all the skills that I don't have. Um, and then, and then my, my, the pandemic strikes. So my younger cousin, who's now 18 years old, was 16 at the time, was trapped there with me. Turns out he's really good at animating and really good at digital marketing. So we hired him. <laughs> we hired him for free at the time, right? And so now, you know, there's, the three of us continue to build build the team. So we built a network of 30 engineers around the country after a startup competition that we we'd won, and um, we had like five thousand dollars. We had no money, uh, but we we brought, we brought these students together and said, "Hey, let's try to fix back pain and let's try to let's try to prevent injuries." Um, so again, I'll pause there and.
And so yeah. is this more, so it sounds like this is more preventative than anything else, right? So it's like, hey, do do a squat, show us how to, so, so yeah, it's like, do a squat in front of us, we're gonna tell you what you're doing wrong so that you can properly do a squat moving forward so that you can't, you won't have, you shouldn't have any injuries. Yeah, when we first started, that was the exact idea. It was, it was prevent injuries. But then what we realized is when we talked to more customers and talked to users, no, nobody cares about injuries until you have one. <laughs> no one's thinking about them. And so, and so we kind of realized like, Hey, like who, who actually needs this? And we realized that PTs, people that were in physical therapy, usually think 60 and up turns out 45% of the market is actually 13 to 45 and it's recurring ACL injuries. It's recurring back injuries. Um, and so we wanted to focus on athletes that wanted to continue playing the sport they love through their thirties and forties and not deal with knee pain and have to sit out on the sidelines. Yeah, I think that's as funny as that is. That's a pretty big number of people, right? Like I'm there. I just turned 30 back in November, so I'm 31 this year. Um, you know, still playing volleyball with my friends, still, uh, you know, playing beer league, softball, like doing all those things because like I've always loved being active. I've always loved doing something. And every, I would say about every other time, somebody gets hurt. We don't know how they get hurt or what exactly happens. Someone slips, someone turned an ankle, someone did this. And it's always like, ah, shit, I guess it was your turn this time to get hurt, right? So it's, it's really important for people to understand. And then you tack on the fact that now, you know, most people work in an office in some capacity. So what are you doing? You're sitting down 90% of the day. You're not using any movement. I always believe an object in motion stays in motion. Object in mo at rest stays at rest. So if you do nothing all day and then you try and get up and do shit, it's not going to work out that well. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. I, I didn't know that statistic, that 13 and, 30, uh, and 45. And I think that's really important for people to understand because, yeah, when I think of physical therapy, I think of old people. But then I, don't, I always forget that I went to physical therapy when I was like 19. So obviously there's like a very big subsect of people there. How, how, do you, how do you get this idea in front of them? As you said, like I, we don't want to, you're, you're trying to prevent injury. Unfortunately, people aren't gonna take advantage of it beforehand. They're only gonna look at the after effect and they're now gonna be reactive. So what have you done? How have you been getting this in front of people and getting them to download the app, utilize it, and then take advantage of your services? Yeah, absolutely. So from TikTok, that was our original distribution strategy. And a lot of TikTok and, and so we were able to reach 50 countries around the world. Um, we were able to help people, you know, just from all age groups. And, and that was sort of the initial spark that got us some momentum. Um, and as we started to build out the team and, you know, after raising our first round of capital in October, that, that sort of helped us ramp things up to, um, to the point where we're at now where we have PT clinics using the app and offering them to their patients. So we have a dashboard where these, these providers log into and then the athletes are able to go in and, and, and you know, track their form. All of that data gets sent back to the PT to make sure that these patients are progressing correctly because you can't have AI just replace coaches. That's just not the world that we live in. And, and I, I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that have come on here have, have said similar things. Um, and so I think, yeah, like fundamentally that's, that's where th things are going and, and we just hope to empower these professionals. I think that's really important, right? Get in front of the physical therapist because they're going to be able to, right? They have to teach them all these movements, but I, we've all done it. You're only going to physical therapy once a week. The other six days, are you actually doing everything you're supposed to and are you actually doing it correctly? 
right? It's usually I have a buddy of mine, very good friend of mine, is a physical therapist, right? He's taught me how to do something multiple times now because it's just that's just how the human brain works. I'm not focusing on it 100% of the time. I'm curious. I want to I want to hop back a second. You said you know during the pandemic is when you guys you know you hired your cousin. You guys started to TikTok videos. <laughs> Everyone started to work at home during the pandemic. Everyone started to work out at home. Everyone started to buy Pelotons. R.I.P. Peloton. Almost. But like what um what like how do you I guess we'll use the word credit the potential of everybody kind of being stuck at home not being able to go to the gym as much like again my wife that's she's literally at lifetime now they shut down for months she wasn't able to go to the gym so all the workouts were at home downloaded the peloton app so that you could do the workouts at home how much do you credit that or or think that that helped expand your business understanding that these physical therapists weren't able to have people come to the office for months they weren't able to see people for months how much did that help i mean it definitely helps it definitely helped um with the behavioral aspect of like working out at home. But we, we saw this trend coming truthfully. Like we started the company a year before the pandemic had happened. And we, we thought that it's, it's that the, the data aspects of here's an exact movement plan for your body based on the way you move your body. That was the, the original hypothesis around everything we were doing. It's, you know, I go on Google and I find millions of different routines, but which one is for me, my limbs are this size and and my my range of motion i'm leaning forward on my squat so i can't just keep squatting because my patterns are going to get worse and something's going to break um and so all, all of this really comes down to uh giving the exact recommendations for an individual based on data and real analysis that's that's where we saw the opportunity and the at-home push allows for uh less of a hurdle than setting like you you're setting up your phone in a gym's tough setting it up at home is a lot easier Like how, how do you guys determine or who determines what is the exact workout that somebody should be doing or the exact movement? Because all bodies are different, right? Like even if I'm the same height as someone, I might not be the same width or I might not be the same weight. Like how do you guys determine exactly what each person should be doing? Yeah, we are working with the best medical professionals that, that we could possibly work with. I mean, we've got folks from Stanford Medicine, Rothman Orthopedics. We've got... Um, UPMC Sports Medicine here and their physical therapy folks. Um, so I just want a big shout out to all of those organizations, especially, you know, um, Dr. Arnold Milstein from, from Stanford Medicine, who's been a huge supporter of everything we've been doing. They, they, this, this, you know, clinical group that we've brought together, you know, everyone's kind of giving their insights on how we should be really effectively treating patients for the lowest possible cost. Because PT, let's face it, it's, it's very expensive. Personal training is very expensive. And so... Fundamentally, what we want to do is provide access. You know, if you're an athlete and from an inner city and you can't afford, you know, top tier professional content or training, let's let's offer that and and let's provide it to, to people of all ages. And, and how much does something like this cost for? Um, what's the subscription on something like this? So we are currently um, we've been on the App Store. It was everything was originally free, um, and we had a premium subscription for stats. Uh, we're going to be offering a telehealth component really soon. Um, and yeah, right now we're offering, you know, for the PT clinics that are working with us, we're offering the patient side uh, completely free and, and the clinic, because we want, we want people to just be able to use this, man. Yeah, yeah. So 
yeah, I mean, it's important to understand how you make money, right? This is a business podcast, and it's just through the lens of sports. Because if you don't make any money, you can't keep helping people. Right? <laughs> like, that's kind of the important part. So it sounds like you, you guys kind of sell the service to the physical therapists or the trainers, and then that allows them to kind of, I guess, not license it out, but allow them, the users, to use this, and they would be able to see the statistics. Do I have that right? Yeah, I mean, so where things are going, though, is it's a consumer healthcare model. Like, we're, we're building this digital clinic to be offered um, – for anyone that wants to just sign up with a subscription through their insurance company, whatever the case is, um, and just download it and get direct access. Uh, right now, we're working with these clinics um, to just continue to get feedback and learn from what these patients are going through on the app and continue to make the app better and better um, in a controlled environment. That is awesome, man. Kudos and congratulations on that. I think it's super necessary. People like, I mean, I don't know, do I walk right? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> who the hell knows? Right? Like, I don't know. My legs hurt when I go to sleep at night. That's probably not a good thing. I don't know how to fix it. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be able to get that through the app. So, like, what are – people are really lazy. Like, <laughs> they want to do stuff like this. Like, I, again, I, we, we kind of touched upon it. You're, have, you're going, going through, like, the physical physical trainers or and the, the physical therapists. I apologize. What else do you guys do? Like, really, did TikTok do that much to get that many people to download it? Like, what, what, what are those TikTok videos? What are the, like, what were you guys doing? Yeah, so this this all this credit goes to my cousin Nick. He would do he would figure out what was trending. He would make videos around it. He would he would be putting some educational content up there. Um, just a lot of different types of content. Um, I think what keeps people on types of platforms like ours is gamification. So you know, a lot of folks grow up playing video games and they get hooked on them. And so similarly in health and wellness, in healthcare, etc. Uh, the way that we solve the compliance problem and adherence problems are through are through incentives. So, you know, if you ever play Angry Birds or, or uh, Candy Crush, you want to get as many points to spend them on other things. Or Fortnite, it's the same thing. You try to get skins. Um, at EZPT, we're embedding a ton of different gamification strategies where, uh, you know, when you're doing exercises, you're grabbing coins and going through targets and such. So, um, yeah, we're working on a lot of cool things over there. I like it. No microtransactions, though, right? No headaches. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Those are the worst. Those ruin video games. That does sound like fun. And again, if you're doing, as you said, if you're doing something correctly, you then have the opportunity to grab those coins. And yeah, turn that into a little bit of game, right? I have my Fitbit on, you know, every day and I always try and get my 10,000 steps. Does that mean anything? I don't know. It just means I walk like five miles, which is probably better than not, right? So I think that part is pretty important. What's, um... What are some of like the evolutions? What are some of the things that you, you know you have, you kind of spoke about the gamification aspect, but what are some of the other things, right? I'm sure there's things that you guys are constantly thinking about and improving about it. Is there anything that you can lay out for us here? Yeah, I guess on the app side, so the big thing is like we want patients to be able to use this every single day, and 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 not only just for you know musculoskeletal services, but we we see this evolving into a platform where all aspects of their health could be could be you know improved whether it's mindfulness nutrition etc so that's that's sort of directionally where we're going um and on the dashboard side on the provider side like we think that we're constantly trying to find ways to make the jobs of of the providers easier if you're a personal trainer or you're a physical therapist or you're a surgeon it you want to treat as many patients as quickly as possible because there are so many people that need your need your help and so we want to provide the tools that help you move quickly but also very efficiently and, and pair it with technology like motion analysis to make your job easier make make your job um, more data driven um, so in the, in the short term and in the long term that's sort of how we see things going and um, we're working on some really cool partnerships with some some large gym chains um, which I can't can't share yet um, but 
you know, be on the lookout for that. We're working with a lot of really, really great partners um, in terms of technology, in terms of, um, yeah, there's a lot of, and in terms of athletes and, and content, we've got a lot going on with sports teams. Like we have the Penguins workouts on our app. You could you could download and try those out with their, with Jason Jerome's strength and conditioning program. Shout out to him. Um, and yeah, so ton, tons of stuff in the works. Um, and if anyone's interested, I'm a phone call away. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's pretty important. I was going to say probably some like college. I mean, you have so many colleges there in the area. Do you have any potential opportunities with just any college program across the country? Because I think, again, like not only just their workout program, but being able to help them and being able to get into those locker rooms and help those guys out. There's a hundred something football players on a team, right? There's multiple. There's so many sports. We can't name them all. I mean, I'm sure that the opportunity for you to help out colleges, um, Sure that's towards the top of the list right uh, uh, absolutely it's something that we definitely you know are, are interested in and in helping them out um and you know whether you're an athlete whether you're a patient you know we think that we can help you move better important because a lot of people just sit down and do nothing uh, which is kind of <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing to have a life uh, take advantage of it right why not now maybe don't work out like eight hours a day like you used to but like uh, go, do something. go on a nice walk it's beautiful finally. um you know this has been awesome the last thing i do want to talk about again you got a podcast and we're on a podcast now so we should probably talk about your podcast the world's most interesting people i saw you have a few episodes out that just started a couple weeks ago right so the world's most interesting people is a podcast about um, folks that are from all walks of life. I mean, primarily it's been a lot of folks in healthcare, health and wellness and content, um, people that make content that make people feel things. Um, th those are some of the, some of the, um, the main focuses of, of what we've been doing. Um, we had, I think, one one guy that I was really excited about um, came on last week, Joseph. He contributed to the Watch the Throne album cover. That was super cool. Um, really cool. He, he did a lot of the Time Magazine covers over the years. Uh, we had Jamie Edwards from Startup Health, a huge ecosystem um, that many people know that are that are in the health, health, health and wellness space. So a lot of different folks like that. Um, but it's also a nomination system, and that's what's really unique about this. So every guest that I have on is is referring and nominating the next guest um, because you know I'm 22 and I see this as a 10-year journey. And as as I continue to meet all these interesting people over the years of building this business, I, I want to share their stories and and let other young founders and young folks you know be inspired by theirs. So. That's a pretty cool concept. I like that, having the next person uh, nominate whoever comes on the podcast next. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I like that, man. That's uh, Where'd you get that idea? Is that all you? Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought, where, where is this going to take me? You know, if it's the world's most interesting people, I want to meet people all around the world. And I have no idea where to start. I don't want to constantly be, you know, trying to deal with the politics of, oh, why was this person more interested than that person? Uh, I, I, for me, it was just, you know, if you think someone's interesting, then they must be interesting and and let's just see where that takes us and uh, you know like i said it's a 10-year project i'll see where it takes me when i'm when i'm older that'll be fun too because you'll be able you'll be so many you know um degrees down the line and you'll be like oh you should you should meet this person because that person was i was you were introduced from this person to this person and it'll just be like a fun little uh kind of side as you said it's a fun little project that you'll be able to after so many years be able to look back and be like it's a it's a direct line all these people now we just have to introduce as many of them to each other as we can exactly it's a crazy story about this so 
one of the guests that I just had on, his name is Chris Keener, um, head of content at Mudwater, huge um, breath. Mudwater's great, yeah, huge content guy. Um, and he was referred by Jonathan Rumpel, who's, who's uh, a producer at Aura. So Chris Keener, though, I look at his face, I look at, I look at LinkedIn, like who, who her shared connections are, and I see Matt Keener. Matt Keener was my first mentor in Pittsburgh, first, first advisor uh, for my company. And so Matt lives in Pittsburgh, Chris lives in LA, completely random, um, but I ended up running into someone that I know very closely, his brother. Um, and it's just it's weird, man. The universe is weird. It does stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to follow along, the world's most interesting people on Spotify, um, would love if if you listened and checked it out. 100%. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for everybody uh, in the podcast and on YouTube so everyone will be able to check those out. I think that's pretty damn cool, man. Well, Kanal, this has been absolutely fantastic. Tell us, where can we, I mean, obviously iOS and Android, but tell us everything about the app. Where can we find it? Anything about you? Where can we find you? give it to everybody and again i'll put everything in the show notes right now um our app is is being offered by uh, providers pts right now um so we're we're actually off the app store right now and no it's great um so if you'd like to be a part of our pilot program though with our new version 3 coming out schedule a demo uh, go on the website www.easypt.xyz um if you want to follow me kunal gandhi 99 on instagram um i've got a beacons link in there that you can you know get you to all my other social channels. And then LinkedIn is the best place to connect with me. Reach out to me. Um, love to talk. Perfect. Yeah, that's where we connected. And I'm glad we did, man. This has been awesome. Kunal Gandhi, founder and CEO of EZPT. We appreciate your time. Everyone's listening. Time's the only thing we more of. So thank you for giving me some of yours. But other than that, everybody, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me on.